recording this. All right. I want to say uh, I'm here, um, Beer in Hand uh, podcast, or actually a Zoom cast with Chris, who is the owner and brewmaster at Three Bridge Brewing Company in Menominee, Michigan. And before we start, I'm going to give someone or everybody out there, if you don't know where Menominee is at, it's way over here. And uh, Chris will agree with me. It's um, being a big fan of Michigan. It's weird to think about that Menominee's on the very west coast of Lake Michigan, but further south than Petoskey, Michigan. It's kind of wild to think about. And it's six hours away, I'm guessing, drive-wise. Maybe not six, but four and a half to five hours. Menominee, um, furthest or the southernmost point in uh, the UP, correct? Uh, yep, you'd be accurate in saying that. We're actually right on the border. So we're like the, we, we our, our saying is that it's this is the best of the Michigan starts here, right? Because we're like <laughs> the first thing that you see when you come to Michigan and the last thing you see when you leave it. So. Three, three Bridge could be the uh, welcome center for people coming from uh, Wisconsin. I like to think we already are. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the goal. <laughs> and then the name Three Bridge comes from three bridges that uh, cross the, is that the Menominee River? That's correct. Yeah, we have three major bridges. The, the one most people will see is the really large, beautiful one. Uh, that is the highway that actually crosses over. Uh, and then there's two other ones that we use, you know, locally uh, in, in different communities to get across the river. So. And I was in, in September 2018, so at that point, you may have been open for, what, two and a half, three months at that point? You said you were here there when? September 2018. Yeah, you, you would have been catching us on the early end. You probably only saw us with one bar. Now we've got two bars. And oh, yeah, I saw that. Stuff, I haven't so. been in, but, yeah, I saw the new bar. Um, and I, I really want to touch base, and I, I was blown away when I talked to you. I mean, we sat and talked for about an hour and a half, two hours about the origin story you you were originally from, or you are from the Escanaba area? Correct. Yep. Escanaba in the UP. Okay. But then you left and you were on your way to another career, correct? Uh, you're talking about the leaving to North Carolina? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I actually, I didn't really stray too much from the UP outside of, uh, I had a short stint in uh, neuroscience um, that I did my education on that in Marquette, uh, Michigan. So oh, you went to Northern? Yeah. So, okay. so overall, I was very UP centric. Uh, I was lucky enough to go to international conferences as part of my neuroscience career because I worked with a very well-known uh, figure in the field. Um, so I, I got to travel a little bit from that. But ultimately, uh, yeah, I ended up making a, a judgment call when I had to decide between uh, moving past my master's degree into a PhD program or pursuing my long-term goal of opening a brewery. And there was actually a distinct moment where I was in the lab and my mentor was actually standing there. He's like, what do you want to do uh, after you get your PhD? Because he just assumed I was going to get my PhD. Right. And I'm like, well, I think I'm going to teach for a few years and then I'm going to open a brewery. And he's like, I think you should just go do that right now. Oh, wow. And I was like, and this guy was someone I really respected. And I was kind of like, he basically made the point that this is going to take a while. And if this is really where your heart's at do it now and you won't regret it. And I, okay. I kind of moved forward and I moved on to North Carolina from there. Yeah. Um, and then there was a, you were, we were talking briefly before the uh, zoom cast started, but you were talking, there's a, there was a new school or a new program that opened up in Asheville, North Carolina for, uh, for brewing. Right. Yeah. That was at AB tech down there. So it was a technical college. Uh, they specialized in hospitality management, culinary, uh, which made a lot of sense in the Asheville, North Carolina market because they were, getting a lot of uh, 
reviews and awards for being the best place to live in the United States. Uh, all these like chefs were coming out of these programs and like opening up in garages. So you could get like tapas out of a garage and they'd be like really like awesome food for like, you know, cheap. Sure. And they were everywhere. Uh, so when they changed the laws in that area and uh, Buncombe County became a no longer a dry county, the breweries popped up everywhere and they said, hey, how do we piggyback this tourism? And they made this program. They, they had legal courses in brewing, uh, production courses in brewing, facility design courses in brewing. And I believe now they're booked up for, uh, you know, upwards of several years. And I got really? very lucky being in the first cohort that they had. So okay. 23, I think it was. And did you know when you were going to open a brewery that you were still, I mean, did you have ideas on the UP? Um, what, I mean, what were your goals once you knew, once you passed and you were going to open your own brewery, where was your, your, your target area? Yeah, I, I definitely wanted to come back to the UP. I think, you know, there's a, a common dialogue that goes on out there where people normally complain about their hometown. Uh, they say that there's nothing to do and that like, you know, this place is like destined to be doomed and like, it's right. just, it's going to become a retirement community, all this stuff. And like, I think the, the thing that always bothers me about that is that people don't take any personal responsibility for going back to their home and making sure that doesn't happen. Sure. <laughs> uh, so one of my goals is actually to find one of the most economically depressed uh, communities in the UP and try and make an economic impact. Cause I knew that I like craft beer, but I'm also a pretty bright guy. And I was like, I think I could do this. So yeah. um, when I come out of that program, I had a lot uh, more of a vision and understanding of economics. Um, and I wanted to go to a place where I could make a big wave Menominee was primed for it. It was close to Escanaba, so I could still see my family. Definitely eventually distribute there. And uh, it was a way to kind of like come home and break break the uh, the chain of, you know, grow up, get educated, and then leave, you know, so. And it, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but when you moved back and the process of the brewery started opening, you were you had a, I don't know, I guess it was a full-time job at a bottle shop. And then the, on your off hours, you were pretty much doing all the work on the brewery yourself. Right. Yeah. Uh, so th there's a, a business called Angeles that got into being bought out when I was there by another company called Jack's, uh, just a local grocery store that has a very extensive wine and spirits department. And they had one store with a guy, uh, one of my good friends, Rick Ferdinand, who's now in Minneapolis, actually, uh, okay. running a big wine store. And uh, he was the wine guy and I was the beer guy. So when they found me, they were like, this is great. We have this other store that we really want you at. Run it make it nice, get a selection there. And uh, I kind of took it over and got a lot of education on the retail side of things, which is fun because I, I really didn't have any business being a manager of a retail store. Sure. Uh, but I learned and I cut my teeth in it and it was really uh, a great experience. So there was like three, four years of that while I was, uh, where I purchased the property and gutted it and like made the place uh, a actual viable uh, place to open a brewery at. Sure. And when I was, I mean, it's been, almost a year and a half, unfortunately, since I stopped up because Menominee is not right around the corner for me. But when I was there, I mean, you had, uh, your, again, your first bar. I know you said that you've kind of grown since then and, and added another bar. And you went from a one barrel system and you were right then increasing your size uh, to a two barrel system pretty much within the first six months of you opening. That's accurate. Yeah. Uh, we, we were <laughs> initially, it was like this trickle, right? Because the building wasn't painted. We didn't have a sign on the front of it. So we looked like this house. Like it was, it was a gas station a long it time does. ago. Trust me. It looks like a yellow house, a little yellow house from the outside. 
Right. Well, see, now it's got a gray paint job. It's this nice gray blue, and it has the sign on it. But like initially, I mean, if you drove up, you didn't know that there was stuff going on in this place. Um, the the only bar that was in there was off to the side behind yeah. like this other wall. So you just kind of like wander in and be like, "Is anyone here?" Uh, so it was crazy that we got any business for the first like three four months. But people just kind of like found us on the map, and Google directed us there, and like you know, and it was like people got they just found us, they like wander in and we had this trickle of people. And then just by word of mouth, we just kept getting more and more traffic until like, you know, you know, you, you got us uh, about a month in, we started to get some kind of fluid motion. And by the time December rolled around, we were like, we have to upgrade our system because sure. we can't be brewing as often as we are. Um, and it was nuts. Like it was actually kind of crazy. So we're, it's, it's gotten, much, much crazier since then. <laughs> so. Well, I, I will be back in soon. I do promise once this whole pandemic ends. But when I was in, you were, I mean, you kept apologizing, but you were, you did have four beers on tap. You're like, oh, we usually have more than this, but we've kind of blown through everything. And I, right. I want to touch base on the beers that you had. But was there something that got you into brewing that, like you said, you were a craft brewer. Was there one particular beer or a brewery that you're like, oh, I just want to do this? I mean, I guess in Marquette, what, what, what years were you in Marquette? Oh my gosh, uh, bringing me back here, I gotta think. Uh, that would be, it would have been 2000, because I did my second half of my bachelor's degree there too. So that would have been 2011 through 2015, I wanna say, because so I did that, my master's and my. That would have been pretty much uh, the uh, Veerling and the beginning of Black Rocks when you were there? Yeah, Black Rocks and Ordoc both opened up while I was in okay. school. So uh, yeah, and actually I lived. Uh, like in an apartment on the upper end of an uh, a art studio, and it was a block away from Black Rocks, the nice. original house. Uh, so I could like walk down there and get beer. Um, but no, actually, you know, what what got me into it was obviously I was in a lab like every day. <laughs> so I'm I'm already like making drugs. You know, my my subfield is behavioral pharmacology, and uh, and my my actual like uh, forte was antipsychotics, right? So um, I'm like, you know, beer is kind of an antipsychotic drug. It's got a lot of antipsychotic properties. Um, and so I already liked uh, drugs and drug creation. Uh, Big Pharma was a little corrupt. And I also, you know, I drank plenty when I was in college. And a lot of uh, times I also had a really nice little bottle shop near me. So I'd always pick up random beers. And just the, the variety uh, piques the interest, I think, of both engineering minds and scientific minds uh, because there's just so many variables. And you, once you get into that, I know it, it was like a, a jumping point, but I know the beer that uh, kind of grabbed my heart and like kept me was uh, Two Hearted Ale, which is kind of a, I know that that's almost cliche at this point for a lot of people, but at that time there wasn't as much craft I mean, beer in the market. Yeah, I mean, uh, 10 or 11 years ago, there, you know, we were probably under, I would guess under a hundred breweries in the state craft breweries. Um, and two hearted was even at that point was probably top of the list. Yeah. And I, I mean, I distinctly remember I would drink uh, point beer out of Stevens point uh, okay. when I was, when I was like tight on cash, cause it was like better beer, but it was also like way more affordable. And then when I like treat myself, I like buy two hearted. <laughs> so there was, uh, there was definitely a dichotomy. I lived in the UP and I was under 21, but I lived in the UP in 93, 94, 95. And, there was no craft beers. Obviously I couldn't go to the store, but when I got my hands on a couple, it wasn't anything close to too hard. It was more of uh, Goebbels, 
um, or Joe Bells is what we call it, or Milwaukee's Beast. <laughs> I mean, uh, there wasn't a lot to choose from. Even the, I think sure. back then, we did a lot of Ice House back in my UP days. Yeah, it was weird when they started freeze distilling beer. That was kind of a, a funky, Yeah. you know, that's, a weird, that's an era, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so your beers now, when I was in, you had four on, and um, I have, uh, I think I had three of them when I was, was it, uh, was it a Drudic Moon Stout? Uh, Drudic Moon, yeah, that, that one we had, that was actually a St. Patty's Day uh, creation. Um, and that was, I think, I want to say uh, made in the, that was my smoke stout. I did a maple smoke stout and I triple oaked that one with French oak, American wow. oak, and what else was it? And red oak, yeah. Yeah, that was at the top of the list. You also had uh, um, I, uh, the Dragon's Blood Imperial Red. I did, yes. That was a and good it, one. And uh, you had your uh, Rise Up, your uh, Mars and Lager. Correct. And I made a lot of Mars and Lager since then. The, Have you? The one, the one that stuck has been one that I've titled Sky Kettle. Okay. And uh, that one has been really, really, uh, actually, it's on the menu right now. So, yeah. <laughs> um, how many beers do you have on right now normally? I mean, and I know that we're kind of in the middle of a right uh, time, but. We are, you know, and sales have, uh, they're not crushed in any way, but they're okay, definitely good. slower. And, uh, but with that being said, I've had a lot of time to brew since the hours I do have open are just filling growlers. So I brew yeah. a lot when I'm just hanging out. And uh, now we're up to 11 beers we have. Oh, nice. Uh, and and there will be 12 by this next weekend and probably like 15 to 16 by the following week. So wow. we're, we're getting up there where the menu is getting exotic and large. And nice. uh, one of the big upgrades we had was a large walking cooler. So that walking cooler allowed us to uh, store a lot more in kegs and keep them for longer. And then also like to, to have a draft system that would allow us to have that kind of uh, extensive menu. Have you been able to do uh, distribution in any local bars or tap rooms or anything like that? You know, it's funny. I actually, in in January, I got my license to distribute to bars in Wisconsin, kind of expecting uh, for us to have distro in this year. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we, we talked and I, I mentioned I, I'm buying, I bought a seven barrel system for the brewery recently sure. with the full intention of reducing my overhead so that I could get beer in the distro, right, at a reasonable price point. And uh, here we are now in lockdown. <laughs> yeah, six, six weeks later, yeah. Right, right. Looking at all the, the interesting things that are going to come and uh, with all the right, I have all the right licensures already in place. But uh, the intention is to do that, but it has not okay. been the case. I do have, you know, upwards of a dozen uh, accounts that want the beer, but I, I want to make sure that it's something that they can make money on too. As sure, sure. Retailers, so. So will you, I mean, do you have your, just like your go-tos, your, like, what will you be sending when you go out, like standard IPAs, that Imperial Red? I mean, do you have just standards that you'll be sending out and keeping smaller batch stuff in-house? Yeah, I'm definitely going to, so one of the interesting things that we have only repeated two beers in-house at all. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and, and they have not been repeated consistently. They've been repeated out of, like, demand. Like, they, if you wanted them so bad, I just, I brewed them again for them. Uh, but moreover, uh every beer has been independent and I, I've done that because I know that we're not settled on our system yet. And I've been with breweries uh, previously as a, as an employee where we've scaled systems and the recipes do not scale linearly. Oh. It's not a, it's not a perfect uh, apples to apples situation. Sure. Uh, so I didn't want to get people married to a certain beer I brewed and then have myself upgrade my system and then have it like it weird and tweaked for six months while people had to like, be like, that's not what I like. That's not what I like. That's not what I yeah. like. 
so I've been kind of using this first year and change uh, as a research. Um, it's like an R&D period where I've been just throwing all kinds of exotic ideas out there see and seeing sticks. what our community likes. Yeah, yeah. And, and what people really uh, come back and say, hey, if you can get that, you know, on draft somewhere, I would drink the hell out of that. So, so is three, so obviously, I mean, you're a Menominee, so you, you do have the Wisconsin people coming over, but it's, you're more, I mean, when you open, I'm assuming you were, you plan on being more of a community-based brewery, like a lot of smaller breweries. I mean, you're not, you want to get as many people in the door as you can from around the state, but I mean, you're probably brewing more your beer for the people within what, a, a 15, 20 mile radius. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a community brewery for sure. Like I'd say most of my regulars are, I have a mug club. So like uh, it's hand-thrown pottery from a local artisan. Yeah. So that's really cool. And I mean, those people are there obviously all the time. I think when, when, I, I, was in, when I was in, I think you had the, uh, just the, the sample to put on the mugs when I, when I came in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like it was just a little clay, clay logo, yep. yeah. Um, and that, that's, that's been like really great. But I, you know, what's nuts is that and this is really a crazy thing is that your market, even if like you have an intentional market, is just so much broader just because of how interconnected the craft beer industry is. Uh, you know, I had, I, we're actually going through a, a, a defense uh, uh, legal stuff right now because another three bridges trying to open up in Michigan. Uh, oh, are they in Midland? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when I Google them. Yeah, I saw that there was a whole distillery type thing that I, when I Googled, I was like, I've never heard of these people before. Yeah, and they're actually trying to open a brewery, so we're we're going through some litigation with them right now uh, on that, and it's really forced me to look at my market, right, and say like, you know, are we how broad are we? And what's nuts is that when I look at like my actual data and my analysis, it's like we have so many international companies in Menominee and Marinette that I have people from like New Zealand that visit us. I have people that are like, you know, from Italy because we have a uh, shipbuilding yard here in town, um, but I, I also have. You mentioning that when I was in town that you did have a lot of people coming in that you were like, you know, that were coming from other countries because of that. Yeah. Sometimes I have like four languages being spoken in the same room and it's crazy. And then like on top of that, we got probably, you know, over like 12 States represented in our demographic. You know, the majority of them are from different places in Michigan, but yeah, you, it's amazing how the craft beer consumer and that person who's an explorer like that, they love to travel. They love to taste things. And they will find you. And it's almost like the more hidden you are, the more of a gem they are. They feel like they found when they do get to you. So well, uh, I will say your brewery was a true gem. And when I was traveling through in 2018, I mean, I loved, loved my stop when I was in there. Not only you you took your uh, took time and, and, and gave me a small tour, but sat down and talked with me for, like like I said, an hour and a half, maybe two hours. That was yeah, really cool. Well, and, and that's the nice thing, you know, about not uh, – overextending yourself. I think a lot of businesses are based on like these, uh, these debt models, like where they, they're like several million dollars in and then they have to like play catch up. Yeah. It's like, if, if you're just letting word of mouth, uh, travel, you always have kind of a cool organic flow of customers through your tap room and it gives you time to communicate with people, which is awesome. We're like, it does. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I had a really good time. Yeah. So, um, I won't keep it too long. I want, besides stopping in, which I highly recommend to find you find yourself to, uh, Menominee, Michigan. Besides stopping in for beer, people can find you on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I don't actually have an Instagram. I have an Instagram, I think, but I don't think I have it updated with very many okay. photos. So, so Facebook I, uh, for sure. Yeah, I feel like I'm an, an old fogey in that way, where I was just like, I'm, <laughs> you know, I don't use Instagram. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to learn things, but I will probably do that this year. 
Uh, but the Facebook page is incredibly active and that okay. is definitely the best way to reach me. Uh, if you message the page, you're talking to me. So it's like, you know, we're a single member LLC. We're not like this like big company. So right. uh, easy to and know what are your, to. Uh, what are your quarantine hours right now for people if they, would, if they do want to stop by for a growler fill? Uh, we're doing growler fills Wednesday through Saturday from two to five. But okay. I have told people, you know, if you're really thirsty, I've done deliveries. Uh, I'm, oh, nice. pack I'm packaging sometimes birthday gifts for people. Um, I just had a mother call me from like mid Wisconsin. Oh, really? I'm actually dropping off like a present to her son in town tomorrow okay, like, cool. on, on his porch, you know, so we're doing all kinds of crazy, like, uh, you know, things on the side just as to be as accommodating as we can during these really weird times. Sounds so. good, man. Well, I do appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for doing this. I'm going to uh, put, put it online and I'm hoping to get as many people to three bridge in uh, Menominee as possible. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing every one of them. All right, brother. <laughs> so thanks. Talking to you. Same. Cheers, Cheers man. All right, bye-bye. Thank you. Trying to...